Hello, Headstrong listeners. I'm so excited to have Erin Kaur on today's episode. She's a successful business owner with over 200,000 followers on Instagram, an activist, and overall just a wonderful woman. When I was really nervous to share a Sikh prayer in assembly at school, I messaged Erin, not expecting her to reply, and she responded with such an empowering and kind voice message back. She's very much an inspiration of mine, and it's such an honour to have you on the podcast. Erin, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, firstly, Neha, thank you. Literally just hearing that was the highlight of my day. You overly gassed me, but I'm going to take it. Um, But yeah, and I actually remember sending you that voice note and I was like, damn, I wish someone would have sent me that voice note because I actually did um, a documentary about the 1984 Sikh genocide. And I remember there was no Sikhs in my school that I could lean on. So it's such a nice way that we're able to connect. So yes, as you mentioned, um, I am the CEO and founder of Byaron, which is a luxury hair and beard care brand. Um, I'm also an influencer. So I kind of have two businesses, two jobs that I work on. But the influencer side of things really doesn't feel like a job because I get to connect with people like you. Um, and yeah, I'm 26 and I'm from London. <laughs> and I'm an Aquarius, if anyone wanted to know. <laughs> Capricorn. <laughs> Capricorn. So were you born in January? Yeah. But I'm like so January twins. 18th of January. I love that you put your star sign in there. That's just so you. I feel um, like it's so relevant. <laughs> so people who are listening, they'll be like, okay, I can I can get down with her. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, going back to like your voice message, that's one of the reasons why I really wanted you to have why I really wanted to have you on the podcast, because it's not like a we really wanted it to be a very student-run, student-orientated podcast. And I think the fact that you are able to connect with your followers and then inspire them. So I didn't expect you to send anything back. And then I was actually like squealing and screaming on that morning when I got your message back. And I said it to my head teacher as well, just before I was about to go into the assembly. And it's just like, especially with Sikh girls as well. I'm the only Sikh girl at my school. Um, being able to like interact with other Sikh women and other Sikh people and knowing that they have your back even though it's such a small community is like the best feeling in the world but anyway I'm going to ask you the first question now so as a woman and a woman woman of colour at that um, what kind of difficulties do you face in your industry? I think when we ask this question we've got to look at the two industries that I'm a part of so one when it comes to Bayarim um, I think it's definitely an advantage being able to kind of say I'm a woman of color you know people are very I'll use the word woke to how important that is now and putting people like myself like a young woman of color at the forefront of things and making sure that you're consciously giving opportunities equal opportunities as someone who's very much invested into the world of sustainability like my warehouse is carbon neutral my packaging is recycled and recyclable the people who work for those types of companies do tend to be a little bit more woke so I'm very lucky that I'm part of quite a modern thinking um, industry when it comes to that, despite how traditional the business model of, you know, creating product and selling it is. Mm -hmm. So I think it's been very much an advantage to me, but at the end of the day, this is hardcore traditional business. People are looking for you to give them the money and they will give you the product slash service that you require at any point of your supply chain. Bit more of an interesting answer, but I'm moving on to the influencer side of things. So um, as you know, Bandito Vivas is coming up, which is the day of liberation for Sikhs. Just a little recap. So it's the day that the Sikh Guru of Sikhism, Sikhi as we like to call it, preferably, is, he was released from prison and he took 52 Hindu princes with him. 
So a lot of the time people confuse Diwali with Banitra Divas, but Diwali is actually traditionally Hindu and maybe more so you can call it like an Indian culture festival. And Sikhs have utmost respect, as, as I'm sure most people do, for all religions, especially the three dominating ones in India. So I think often the lines get blurred. Um, and I'm working with a few brands to, to name a few, Sensodyne, Clinique and Delivery this year to educate the difference between Diwali being like a predominantly Hindu festival and Sikh people celebrating Banitra Divas. Um, so it's really, really nice for me, the position that I'm in, because more than being a woman of colour, I leave with being a woman um, hailing and believing in the Sikh faith, um, which is quite a unique perspective, really. You don't have that many Sikhs um, being represented in the media in fact South Asians are 1.6 percent I think in a survey done in 2016 I believe I can only imagine Sikhs were about 0.3 percent um so I'm very much looking to work with brands behind the scenes and educating them in that way and being one of the only people who's there right now is of course an advantage um so hopefully we'll open up more doors for more young Sikh women to enter and I think like even just you saying how the lines are always blurred, like the countless number of times I've been asked in school when Diwali's coming up and they're like, oh, can you say a little bit about like Rama and Sita? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> because that's not like why I celebrate it, because I think people know that Sikhs celebrate it as well, but they don't understand why. So I think it's nice that you're using your platform. Obviously, you do like it's a hair care brand, but you're still because obviously hair is such an important part of Sikh culture and the Sikh belief system as well. You're using your platform to educate people about something that's not really spoken about yeah I mean like we can't be mad at people for not knowing if you're being ignorant because I just remember the countless times like when I was your age and I was in RE so like religious class I don't know if you guys call it RS and I would just like fight with my RE teacher she hated me because I'd be like well, when are we learning about the Sikh perspective it's one of the six main world religions I already know about these things that we're talking about blah 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 and it's just like no one really was educated that that was a different thing that happened in the same month of November at Diwali, you know? Um, so we can't be mad. We just need to kind of like approach the situation with an open mind as the people who like the brands that I work with, like they have an open mind, they want to learn. And it's not their fault that they don't necessarily know because you don't know what you don't know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, so the ethos you promote through your business is one of inclusivity, whether that's gender, age, because like with your hairbrush, you said that it's deliberately light. So elderly people can, use, people it. can use it with arthritis yeah. um, and race. So what do you think motivates this design? I mean, I think it goes beyond like the physical denotions, if that's the correct word of looking different in inclusivity. It goes to being neurologically diverse. It goes to having like physical body type diversity it goes through every type of diversity because we all we all have a scalp at the end of the day that we need to look after um this is something that was a very very huge part of back when I was actually working like like in central London like in office and stuff in the office and stuff like that diversity I found people just looked at it on a very 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 binary scale of it being of color or not because especially in my industry being um, an influencer, I think I often get overlooked because I don't physically convey that I'm representative of one particular culture. Like my features are quite ambiguous, my skin tone, et cetera. And often you go for the person that's really clearly not white, basically. And you overlook the nuances between on, on that scale. So I really wanted to represent it in a very subtle, intentional, 
but also permanent way. It's not just as a result of, we can talk about Black Lives Matter. It's not just because some huge uprising has occurred and it's brought it to light. We've been like that from day because we really do believe that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think it's nice that you're mentioning and representing people who are in that like nuanced bracket in between people who were not necessarily. And I think the whole like racial ambiguity thing as well, then that brings in into it the issues of like cultural appropriation and plastic surgery because people kind of appropriate features that people of color or when you're like a young Indian girl and you go to school and you've got like your hair oil in and obviously yours is a non-greasy formula but back in the day when you've got like umla oil in your hair going to school and people like or they talk about curry and they're like that's that's disgusting and now it's like British people are like, oh, I can't wait to get a curry on Friday night. Or they're like, women have such nice eyebrows and eyes and hair. And it's crazy how like when people want to accept you, they will. But when you're the other, when you're different, then they will just ridicule you. Yeah, 100%. And I think cultural appropriation is a really important topic because obviously we speak about hair and each culture has very like, your hair is just such a spiritual I believe part of your body like we're very very intrinsically connected to it I've learned recently like you hold trauma in your hair which is why often people going through difficult times in their life like you always know the girl that gone through a breakup dyes her hair or cuts her hair like there's psychology to it um so not only is there a lot of like emotional tie that people have with the hair but yes of course cultural ties as well and for us being an all-inclusive brand it really is like again sometimes I can be on the side of not knowing and it's about us educating and making sure that we're posting the right thing because we are then in turn educating so many other people um and we are very very lucky so we have like a group of ambassadors that we always lean on like okay so you wear a hijab tell me about how you look after your hair so we can educate people who also wear head coverings on how and what they're doing in a meaningful way and in a relevant way so one example of this is um things they tie if they're if they're wearing their bug they'll tie their essentially we can, we can call it a bun at the front of their head this is always the way that they tie it it's unlikely that they're going to tie it kind of lower unless they want to being able to let them know that actually if you're consistently tying it at the front of your head it's going to cause strain and on your hairline when you're at home try having it at the back or on the side or in a plait in a braid that type of knowledge that you don't have unless you ask a thing is something that you're never going to be able to share with everybody else and like with my brother as well he goes to another school in our area he is again like one of the only Sikh people there and he wears his bun at the back of his head um and his little butt girl rather than wearing a bug every day to school as well yeah that's a cute look <laughs> yeah but his young exactly, right and yeah he's only 12 yeah. but oh. it is my mum was like you're gonna have a massive forehead by the time you're like seen <laughs> because it does cause like strain and pressure but he I've shown him like your hair care thing as well because you have seek men involved and the fact that you call it like a beard company as well you don't just say it's hair care thing it's again that inclusive environment I mean it's not even just men who have beards like we speak about her Nam Kaur she is someone who uses the oil as well and she's someone that like has a beard and of course like look how you want to look you know like Siki we don't we're all equal um and it's like that those nuances that you are able to integrate really authentically into a brand it just it gives you that integrity you know I'd like to think and it's that representation, like not just how it physically looks in your brand, but the effect that it has on people. So being able like that's one of the reasons why I resonated and like loved your account so much is because you're seeing somebody who's like you, 
for the first time you know like when you're growing up you have like Charlie and Lola or like Teletubbies or Balamorion and you don't have like a little Sikh girl I know on CBBS they use like Sikh children a lot more now as well but it's like being able growing up you have people who were so much like you like there's Lily Singh as well everyone knows yeah yeah but she's different even just because she's American like her experience is yeah I get you but you are Canadian right oh yeah she's Canadian but now she's got her own like tv show but everything that she talks she does, about yeah that is a little bit more like americanized mm-hmm. um but obviously you're like a british sikh girl in london so you're only like two hours away from me as well yeah and but you know what's crazy everyone thinks i'm from canada and i'm just like i don't know what i did to make you think that <laughs> i think because people have like this association that like british people are not like as of that like the stereotype you know what i mean yeah and i feel like we're the dorky kind of nerdy ones yeah like the successful like girl boss like you think girl boss you think Kylie Jenner you think of American people um you don't really think of like British women so then also this is the last question you don't have to get into it obviously you can choose like how far you're gonna go with it but um your bio says doing it for the girls who grew up without a mum or a sister uh do you want to share the reasoning behind this and why that is important to you definitely and thank you for highlighting that as well so I think, um, you know, I come from a very small family um, and that's kind of not as heard of or as common in, in like Indian culture, Punjabi culture. We tend to have very, very big families. And I always kind of like when I went to university is the first time I was exposed to other Punjabis, other Asians, other South Asians. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like you guys are constantly talking about your cousins and your sisters and like your aunties. You know, my dad was one of two boys, yeah. so I didn't have any aunties. You know, the only cousin I have is a two-year-old boy. I don't have any other family in London. So it was a very isolating experience. You know, I had second cousins, but of course I wasn't able to be close to them because we lived in a different city and a different country altogether. Um, Having grown up not understanding, and again, and again, um, not understanding the minutiae and the kind of more modeled behavior side of womanhood it was very much like unintentionally gatekept from me because people didn't know that I didn't know like what was etiquette when you go to a party as a woman as a woman when you go to a wedding I wasn't allowed to sit next to my dad at the godor and I didn't understand that for the longest time because as a kid you can sit on the men's side yeah. um but when I was eight my mom passed away and then it was like hey, you're gonna have to sit on the girl's side Aaron like you're a bit older now and those types of things that it's just not written down you know you can google what to do when you start a period you can google how to measure your bra size or you can ask someone at a store but those things I didn't understand so that's something that I would say I'm probably a little bit like I hate to use the word like stunted so maybe like delayed yeah. at, like there's a lot of my friends who know sometimes how to behave in certain situations I'll give you an example actually um all of my friends when I think we were like 14, 15, went to Boots to buy razors. And I like, listen, people get really mad when I talk about this, but like genetically, I don't have body hair. So on my arms, my legs, I don't have body hair. My mom didn't and my paternal grandma didn't. So they all went and I didn't know that women were meant to have body hair because no one in my life ever had anybody of body hair as a woman. So they went to Boots and they were like, oh, buying razors. And I was like, but why are you buying your dad's pink razors? Like, I thought they were all doing their dad's favors for their beards. Like, that's how little and that's how isolated I was in my experience of womanhood. So those small, small, small moments that can really cause embarrassment to a young girl, not knowing how to behave in a restaurant, at a wedding, at a function, in boots. I want to be able to share those, not just the big things, the small things too. 
I think as well, like I was just talking about it with my mum as well, the whole like culture difference as well. And there's certain things that you're just expected to know. So obviously I live in Norwich, but most of our family lives in like other cities. So when we do go there, it is a little bit different because it's just my family of like four who lives in Norwich at the moment. So we're not used to that kind of thing. And there are like unspoken, unwritten rules. Like what That's you and it's like you don't know how to deal with that. It's it's even little things like the way that you address elders or you can't argue with something that they're saying, even if you believe it's wrong. Like if they say something homophobic, for example, they say something racist or like colorist without even realizing because that is just like their generation and how they speak. And if you yeah. change that, then they see that as like maybe attitude or mm. you not knowing how to speak with respect. And it's like all of these I think that is just like a cultural issue as well. Yeah. How to navigate through that when you're brought up in like a Western environment and you're taught that like your voice has meaning and you can express what you want to express. And then that kind of, it's not thrown out of the window, but it's, as you said, a bit more stunted or delayed in like Asian culture, for example. Maybe, yeah. Um, that was, they were like all of the questions I had written down. Do you have anything Fabulous. you want to share? Or? Um. No, I just wanted to say well done. Like you did such an amazing job. You were so eloquent. You were so measured in all of your questions and I'm so proud of you. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. <laughs> so I love like, you too. I'm going to tear up and you're so pretty. Like I was Thanks. not even expecting this. You popped up on the screen and I was like, oh. <laughs> I have my days where I'm not feeling it. Today I'm feeling okay. So thank you so much. Of course. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. You can go and follow Erim on Instagram. I'll leave all of her social media in the Spotify or the podcast description. Stay safe and we'll see you soon with another episode.